Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicNPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest is Ray Rock Acosta, who is Chief Executive Officer and President of Wu-Tang Latino. Today we will discuss urban Latino music and its recent evolution. Ray Rock strives to innovate the ways urban Latinos do business, promote, and market their products. He co-launched and marketed Latin Flava, a television show which evolved into a website. He also helped establish and build a non-traditional distribution and marketing system at United Box Office, UBO. A native of the Dominican Republic, Ray Rock arrived in Washington Heights, New York City with his family when he was three years old. It was in his neighborhood that he was introduced to hip-hop, the music that would change his life. After graduating with a master's degree in design and marketing from the New York Institute of Technology, Ray Rock started working in the music and fashion industry. Influenced by hip-hop artists Run DMC, Cool Modi, and LL Cool J, Ray Rock started a career in marketing and creative consulting. He co-owned Designy Inc., a design and marketing firm in New York City that provided logos, images, and marketing for companies like Sony, Epic, Wu-Tang, Roca Wear, LL Cool J, Razor Sharp Records, and many others. Ray Rock was part of the early Latin hip-hop movement. As a result of the rapid growth of Latin Flava, Ray Rock was named Senior Vice President of Marketing and Latin Music at UBO. He also assisted in the building of the company's non-traditional distribution and Freedom Girls marketing system. Ray Rock and longtime friend Raza, member of the original Wu-Tang Clan, created Wu-Tang Latino, a new record label they hope will become the Def Jam of Latin hip-hop and reggaeton. He has served as liaison between rival Latino and African-American gangs to lessen gang violence and crimes, and he's the co-founder of the United AIDS Foundation, a non-profit organization that raises money for AIDS research. Ray Rock, welcome. Hi, how are you? Welcome to my world. <laughs> Thank you. I think we're going to learn a lot about urban Latino music. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I'm looking forward to giving you some pointers. <laughs> Excellent. Well, let's start with a real basic question. What exactly is urban Latino music, and how is it different from just Latino music? All right, urban Latin music is music that comes from what we call the hood. The hood is like the ghetto, the neighborhoods. You know, it's like hip-hop. Hip-hop came out of the Bronx. You know, back in the days, two turntables, a guy scratching records and just rhyming over it. Rhyming is like poetry. You know, this guy's got talent. So urban music is... Latin hip-hop, it's reggaeton, it's bachata, it's regional hip-hop, but it all comes from the neighborhoods. And the music relates to what goes on in the neighborhood. So it's a lifestyle. It's not just music, it's a lifestyle. For a lot of these guys, it's, it's, it's what's happening now. It's true. It's, it's, it's true music. Okay, let's go back to that description that you gave us. You said there's Latin hip-hop, there's reggaeton, and there's bachata. What are the characteristics of each of those? All right, uh, reggaeton started back back when the Jamaicans went to build the Panama Canal. Back in the days, in the 60s, 70s, 
And what the, what the Panamanian did, did was they took the Jamaican music, the dancehall, because they loved the reggae, but they didn't understand what they were saying. So they took the dancehall reggae, and they added a little Latin flavor to it, and then they just did the music in Spanish, the lyrics in Spanish. That's how reggaeton started. From there, reggaeton came over to Puerto Rico, and Puerto Rico took it, and took it a step further. They added now, they added to the reggae dancehall, they added some bachata to it, they added some merengue, some cumbia, some Latin beats to it, and it became popular. It became popular in right now in, in, in the 2000s. Early, uh, late 90s, early 2000s, it became very popular. And then it hit. Latin hip-hop, it's hip-hop, but in Spanish. Right now, Latin hip-hop is growing because all these guys are learning the, uh, the game, what we call the game, learning the business of making good music. Bachata started in the Dominican Republic. Bachata was music like uh, music for the poor people, music that were only what was playing cabaret in bars in the low neighborhoods. It was never accepted by, uh, by the rich. And now Bachata, it's accepted everywhere. Why? Because it's cool, it got better. Uh, better artists took it up upon themselves to make better music. So yes, cool. Like every, like any other music, it just, it just cool, you know. And bachata so has a strong, say, merengue influence. Bachata, it's a little different than merengue. The beat, it's a little different. Bachata is very more like the ranchera from Mexico. They love the Mexicans love bachata, the Mexican bachata, because it has the same feeling. You know, it's very romantic. It's very blues. And that's what the chapter is all about. So if we were talking about something comparable in the U.S., it would be perhaps like country music? Yes, exactly. Country music, exactly. Except country music, you see, it got the country feeling to it. It has its own style. Bachata has its own style, so the same thing, except it's in Spanish. Yes, you're correctly there. It's very blue, very romantic. Okay, so just to see if I understood a brief recap, Latin hip-hop is like the Bronx-born hip-hop, but with Spanish-language lyrics and Hispanic-oriented themes. Yes. Reggaeton is based on the original reggae music from Jamaica with Spanish language lyrics and additionally with some Latin rhythms. Yes. And then bachata is kind of like a Spanish language country music. Exactly. That's it. Okay. All right. Now we're ready to go. What, in terms of the, the lyrics themselves, because it sounds, as I hear the descriptions of all these three that we're putting under the umbrella of urban Latin music, what seems to unite them are the Latino-themed rhythms and the lyrics. How would you describe those? All right. Um, uh, let me break it down to you a little bit. What unites them is that they all come from the ghettos. They all started in the ghetto, you know. And people relate to them because the lyrics is their everyday life. Like, in, in you know, you got a lot of positive and a lot of negative. I'm going to tell you some negatives and then some positives because I want people to say, oh, this guy's talking about drugs and killing. No, no, no. I mean, you got to tell you the way it is, the reality of it. Like hip-hop and reggaeton, you have, like, hip-hop. Like, people talk about kids selling drugs, out in the corner, hanging out. You know, that's the negative part of it. In the positive part, you got lyrics about, you know, kids uh, uh, going from from nothing to to become something in life. 
you know, being independent, like getting their own work and, and just and just doing it, you know. And bachata, it's a little different because bachata is more is more in the lovable side. Bachata is more about oh my girl left me, she broke up with me. What I'm gonna do now? I'm still thinking about her. Let me drink some, you know. Or oh I love you, baby, come back to me. You're the love of my life. Me and you make such a great couple, you know, stuff like that. So there's a difference between bachata and Latin pop of reggaeton. Uh, I don't know if, if, if you follow me here. Yes, yes, I did. Thank you. That was that was helpful. A lot of people think, in particularly, I suspect, in relation to hip hop, that there is that drug undertone and that crime undertone, and that there are many bad words in hip hop and some other urban types of music. Would you say that is the case when we talk about urban Latin music? Yes, it's, it's the same case as hip hop. You know, you, you got you got you got the the the, the streets and the commercial. The streets music, it, it's it's that. It's about drugs, killing, um, a lot of negative things. And then the commercial is more clean. It doesn't talk nothing about that. But then you got different type of artists. There's artists that's all they talk about. You know, and, they, and 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 if they feel that that's going to get them somewhere, you know, more power to them. You can't stop them because you you, you can't you just can't. That, that that that's already engraved in their mind. You know, and then you look at the commercial artists that do really well that they 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 bring a positive image, you know, or a positive message to to these kids, and they, they make it far. Who are the listeners? Let, let's look at the other side of this. We have a, an idea now of what the music is like and who the performers are, which are, uh, as you describe them, ghetto or from the ghetto or with a ghetto feeling. Yes. Who are the listeners? Because, of course, the music has crossed many boundaries and it's no longer just in Panama or the Dominican Republic or the Bronx or New York. Who are the people who like these types of uh, songs? Well, uh, uh, the music is worldwide. And the audience is more between 12 and they say 34. But honestly speaking, if you go to a club, to a Latin club, you got all ages. You know, from 12 and up, they're all over the place. You know, but the listeners are, are like I said, you got you got clubs in Japan, strictly Latin clubs in Japan where they don't even speak a word of Spanish and they're playing reggaeton and Latin hip hop and bachata all day long, all night long. You know, it's incredible. Do any of the songs have lyrics in English? Ah, yes, they do. A, a, a lot of these people, what, what they're doing now is they want to cross over. And their songs are English, Spanglish, like we call it. You know, where they got English and, and, and Spanish in them. So now, the uh, crossover radio, like pop radio, is accepting to put those songs on the radio just to the fact that they got English and, and, and Spanish lyrics in them. What kind of performer numbers are we talking about? Are there a lot of artists in these three subgroups? Oh yes, yes, yes. Like any other, like any other music genre, you got thousands and thousands of artists trying to make it, thousands, and only a handful that really make it. You know, but yes, they got many, many, many artists and very, very well, well-known artists and artists that really do a very, very well way of life. You know, at the risk of asking you to be objective because you're representing a record label, right? Yes. Uh, would you share with us who are some of the 
key players in each of the three genres? Who are the key Latin hip-hop, I don't know, maybe a handful in each category? Yeah, well, yeah, 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 that's easy, that's easy. I mean, uh, for reggaeton like hip-hop, you got Daddy Yankee, who made it very far. I mean, it, it goes like this. Tango came in, Tango Calderon, who's a Latin hip-hop reggaeton artist, came in, opened the doors. Right, he came into radio to open the doors. Day, uh, Don Omar came and took a step further. But Dad Yankee came through both doors and yet took off and made it worldwide, made it and took it to a whole other level. So those three guys right there yes did a lot of damage. Then came Aventura, who's a, who's a bachata group, and yes, if you if you search him, Aventura is like the, the Beatles, like the Latin Beatles. Girls go crazy over these guys. They're four guys and they go crazy. And then you got another group like Extreme, which is bachata, but they put that, 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 uh, how would I say, the Spanish into it. And they do very well. You know, they do very well. So we're talking about Daddy Yankee, Tego, Don, Omar, Aventura, and Extreme, sort That's of. That's just to name a few. That's just to name a few on the top of my head right now. If I could keep on for days and days and days telling you artists, you know. But that's just a few that are doing very well with the music and have opened a lot of doors. Okay. Perhaps we could talk a little bit more about the songs themselves. You mentioned at the beginning and emphasized that this is music from urban areas and the themes themselves are urban themes. Yet at the same time, we were talking about Spanish language lyrics. And certainly, if we talk about New York City, most people in New York City are English dominant. Yes. So uh, we must have some Spanish language influence, perhaps, from outside the country? Yes. Not even country, the parents, how we grew up, you know? How we grew up, our parents, the background, our parents are always connected to their roots back, back, back home. But the music mostly came, the music came from from Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic, you know, so they, those two countries really with the bachata and the line hip-hop and the reggaeton really opened all the doors for everybody else to follow, you know, because you got people that have been doing line hip-hop for a long time, but they never got through to open the doors, they never got through the radio, like the way we did in that, in that sense, you know, so we opened a lot of doors for a lot of people. And how does the music how do the performers become known? Because they're they're originally not in the traditional forums. So how did these movements spread? Because as you said, it's more than just the music. There's a lifestyle behind it, right? Yes, there's a lifestyle. First, first it's like this. If you're an artist and you want to be known, and let's say, you know, in New York City, it's, uh, we call it blocks. Streets, you know, it's like from uh, 186, 187, you, you, you know, it, it's street. So I'm going to take that example. First, you know, in New York City, we live in buildings. You know, a lot of buildings now houses, like like back west and a lot of the places in the United States. So I always tell artists, if you want to be an artist and you really want to make it, you first got to be hiding your house. Your house got to believe in you. When your apartment, the people around your apartment goes, oh, wow, you could sing, then become hot in your building. When you're building everyone, your building goes, wow, you can say become hot in your block. When your block is all, all on top of you being, wow, you're really good. Now take over your neighborhood. From your neighborhood, take over your borough, which is, let's say, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens. Take over your borough. Then from there, you take over your, your city, go into your state, and branch out. So it's a lot of work to be put in. This, a, lot, a lot of kids think that, you know, oh, I'm good, I got some lyrics, that they're going to make it. It's not like that. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. 
and you got to be dedicated to do your work. Nothing happens overnight. You have to put your work in, and believe me, you can't give up, because a lot of these artists, they've been around for many years. Daddy Yankee, for example, has been around since the early 90s. He made, he made it, it took him 14, 15 years to make it. Even in hip-hop, the same way. A lot of these artists have been, been, been added for a long time until they hit. But they've been putting in work. Nothing happens overnight. You know? From a marketing perspective, Ray Rock, a lot of our listeners are marketers or are interested in the business of reaching Latino audiences or are interested in the Latino market itself. What significance does Latino urban music have for people who are trying to reach out, whether it's with a public service announcement or with commercial products and services? How relevant is this music in trying to reach to this demographic of 12 to 13, 4-year-olds? Let me tell you, it's, it's strong. It's so strong that when reggaeton fat hit hard, a lot of Univision and Clear Channel changed a lot of stations to 24-7 reggaeton. All right, that tells you something. Why? Because there's a lot of power behind it. The problem with marketers is that you have to understand the Latin community. You gotta understand the Latin people. Latin people are very loyal to to their to their people. To if they like a product, they're very loyal to it. But you gotta understand how to get the product to them, how to make them understand that product, and how to make them even more loyal, for, so they won't go nowhere else, and they won't. So you got all these companies coming, trying to do something without knowing the market. And that's where they go wrong. You know, you got all these radio stations that went to reggaeton and, and made it 24-7, but yet they killed reggaeton. Why they killed it? They didn't kill it, believe, I, I, don't get me wrong, it's still alive, but, but they killed the format of the radio stations. Why? Because they kept playing the same music over, over, and over. They didn't go out and get new music. They kept playing the music over, over, and over. Same music and same people trying to market the same people. They, they got to branch out. They got to know... They got to know there's more in the puzzle than to solve the puzzle, you know? It's like you have a puzzle. Once you solve the puzzle, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to frame it, put it up on the wall, or are you going to do something else with it to make it even bigger, you know? So where are we today now that these formats have affected the music in a way? What's the status of these genres? Right, right now, the genre is stronger than ever. Why? Because people... All these artists and everybody else is getting smarter. Now they study the business. When the artists first started, they didn't understand the business. They didn't know how to market themselves. They didn't know how to, uh, 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 how, how do I say this, how to uh, do business development among themselves. Now they understand contracts. Now they could go to these big companies and, and tell the big companies how to get the product out and make it easier for everybody else. I'm going to give you a perfect example. When... Uh, I got Honda sponsored one of my videos. This is the first time I, a corporate America ever sponsored like a video to do product placement. I, I got Honda Civic in 2005 to put the new Civic on the video. They asked me, okay, why you want to use Honda Civic? I said, it's very simple. We're doing a video we're catering to Latinos. The Latinos we're catering to can't afford Ferrari, cannot afford a Mercedes. You know, so this, all these line, all this line videos with Ferraris, Mercedes, helicopters, it's not doing nothing for nobody because all it's going to do is like, wow, that's a nice car. But you cannot go out and buy it. But if we put a Honda Civic that costs fourteen grand in a video, 
and we put this video in all the colleges, the college kid could come back to me and go, Dad, can I get a Honda Civic? It's only 14 grand. They could afford it. You understand? So that's, that's, those are things that you have to uh, understand and explain to these big corporations so they could feel you and they could, and they could like, invest in you, you know? And right now the movement is very strong. It's just going out there and explaining to these guys how to do it right. And very few people know how to do this. Very few people could step to this big marketing company and say, look, this is the way you do it. And we have one of those here today, right? Oh, no, I'm, I'm the master. Trust <laughs> me. If the people that don't listen to me, go, oh, yeah, you could because, you know what it is? I, I, I read a lot. I, I, I maintain I maintain a good, re, a good relationship with the streets. You know, I'm always in the office, but I'm always in the streets because I got to keep my ears to the streets. So I know what the streets want and how to get to them. So you come to me right now, very simple. You tell me an idea. I could tell you how to solve your idea like in minutes because I'm out there. I know, I know how services people. I know what the people want. I know what they're looking for. Well, some of our listeners are from those companies that you're talking about, and they may not be comfortable initially with the idea of Latin hip-hop or bachata or reggaeton. What would be the first step for them to take if they think they want to explore this? How do they go about identifying the segment of the market that they want to approach first because they can't do everything at the same time, right? They can't do everything at the same time, no, but you know what? They could do a test. Okay. A test. You know, for example, you know, when I, when, when I do my marketing, I always go to the top 10 cities because I already got it on lockdown. I, stop, I start in the top 10 cities from there. It just blows up into all the little cities around it. All these people got to take is take one city and do a test. It's very simple. And... The result of that test, when they get back, the results, when they get back from that test, or tell them in what direction they should go. But they have to do a test in the right city. You know, you just can't do a test. If you get marketing to Latinos, you can do a test somewhere in Iowa. You know, you got to go to a Latino state, you know, a Latino city. What kind of test would you do, Raymond? Uh, it, all, it all depends on, on what they're trying to market, you know. But, but we do focus groups. We do a lot of focus groups in all the cities. You know, to find out what people want, what's wrong with things. And then after the focus rules, we try to do things better. And then we put it out, out in that market. We do, we do simple tests. If you want to do a radio ad or a TV ad, just go to the city. Do a test. It's very simple. Do it a 60-day test. You know, because usually people think, oh, 30 years will do. No, 30 years won't do. Because it takes people, you know how people are, you know. It's, it's, it's like getting a song on the radio. You know, you get the song on the radio. I'm going to tell you the perfect example. You get the song on the radio and... uh Let's say you hear the song. You go, oh, that song sucks. I hate that song. But you know what? The way you begin to play it a little bit more, a little bit more. Then you be, oh, I hate that song. And then a little bit more, a little bit more. And then you be singing the song. You be like, you know all the words to the song, but yeah, you hate it. You know? And the way you start playing the song three times a day, now it's playing ten times a day, and you hate that song, but yet you're singing the song to the radio. Because it's catchy. It's infectious. It's catchy. Everything, everything takes development. You see, nothing happens overnight. You have to develop. That's why when they tell me, oh, let's do a 60-day test. No, it's not going to work in 60 days. Do, I mean, 30 days, excuse me, 30 days. They're working 30 days. A month is not enough. You need at least 45 to 90 days to make something work. And trust me, when it works, it hits. When it hits, it's like a home run. But you got to believe in what you got. You know, and these people, I, 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 I'm going to advise them, whoever's listening, 
Don't do it yourself. If you don't know what you're doing, don't do it yourself. Get someone who knows what they're doing that could tell you how to do it and help you. Get, get someone to consult you if you have to, to do it right. Because at the end of the day, what they're going to do, what they're going to do is spend all this money, do it wrong, and then come back later on, either do it again or don't do it, or see another company, do it correctly, and go right through it. And they're going to be like, well, where did we go wrong? Where did they go wrong? That the company that did it right had someone that knows how to do it and somebody consulting them to do it the right way. Well, let's explore that a little bit more, Ray Rock. Of the three genres, each one is going to have a particular audience that likes it more over the other two, right? Yes. What are the profiles of those listeners? So, for example, who listens to Latin hip-hop? Okay, Latin hip-hop and reggaeton are in the same category because they fall under Latin hip-hop. Latin hip-hop is the younger people. Okay. Okay, let's say... I'll give you an example. Latin hip-hop could be 14 to 34, right? But now bachata could be 14 to 60. Because bachata now, it's, 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 more, the young, it's more for the older people. It was meant for the older crowd, but now the younger generation has adopted. So that's why bachata is, 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 is getting such a big audience. Because it's covered the older generation and the younger generation. So how do you decide if you have a product or service that you want to reach one of these audiences? Which one is for you? How do you make that we decision? We have to research first. So I you know with the product. Like I said, we do the product. Mm-hmm. We do focus group with the younger and the older. And then we decide what direction to go in. You, know? you talked about cities and how important it was to focus on the right cities. And we also know, of course, that the Latino market, we're talking about at least 45 million people spread across the country, is very segmented. So it's not a single uniform market, although we also know that there's a predominant group of Mexicans or Mexican-Americans. But there are Dominican groups, there are Puerto Rican groups, there are Cuban groups, South Americans. How do you know which city to start in? We do research. We do research, and we, and we do research to see what product, and we do research to see where it fits best. That's the way to do it. I mean, remember, the West Coast alone, you got from California, you got now, let's say you got California, let me see if I got Nevada, I remember, you got California, Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, and Texas. In those states alone, you got about 25 million Latinos. Are In those section alone, you got about 25 million. Okay, but so if you were going to look at the West Coast, those states that you just listed for us, would you be more likely to start with hip-hop or reggaeton or bachata? Are they more sensitive to one of those three? Nah, it's tricky. It's tricky. It all depends on the product because bachata down in those states is huge. And so is the reggaeton. You know, like you go to all the clubs and all the clubs where they play bachata and the reggaeton. That's what all the girls love to dance to. And you if know, you go to New York? It's the same thing. Is wouldn't Latin hip hop be stronger in New York, for example? Uh uh-uh. uh. I mean, because remember, reggaeton is it falls on the line hip hop. It's the line hip hop now. It's getting, it's getting more. It's it's evolving, you know. But at the end of the day, we call it reggaeton and line hip hop will be urban light music. There you go. Let's, let's do that. Let's 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 do the urban light music or the bachata, which also falls on the urban light music. So it's a little tricky right now. What if, I'm, I'm contradicting myself. <laughs> so we're we're going to call all three urban Latin music. Let's call three urban Latin music. But the bachata and reggaeton go together. Okay. I mean, excuse me, that the line hip hop and reggaeton go together. Right, you, you said bachata. that. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll make it easy. Here you go. 
the, you got hip hop and R and B. Okay. Okay. Bachata will be the R and B of hip hop of, of the light hip hop. Okay. You know to understand it, but you know the hip hop, the R and B is more like the singing and, and the flowing. Or you know what I mean? Right. And then the, the hip hop is the hip hop. So bachata will be the uh, the R and B, and the reggaeton and the, and the light hip hop will be hip hop. There you go. What about these emerging markets that we're hearing a lot about, the, what are the secondary Latino markets that are smaller in size than what have been traditionally the big Latino centers like New York, L.A., Miami, etc., but places that are starting to show a very dramatic growth percentage-wise what role do they play when you're doing this research, and are there different trends there? There's a huge role. Why? Because Latinos are evolving. They're moving towards the little towns. Like, for example, uh, you got a, a, a whole bunch of small towns uh, outside of New York, in, in Jersey and, and Pennsylvania and Boston, I mean, in, in Massachusetts, in, in those places that a little town but full of Latinos. I mean, the, full, the whole East Coast is like that, and so it's in the West Coast. You know, in the West Coast, I was in uh, in, uh, in Phoenix, not too long ago. And outside of Phoenix, you got Mesa, you got uh, even up in, in Scottsdale, in Tempe. You got all the little towns around there, Avondale, full of Latinos, full, full. And you go out more in this full, you know, all that. So wherever we go, it's the same thing. Latinos branch out. You know, they branch out. Why? Because they're looking for a better opportunity. You know, and they find a better opportunity in little towns where they could start their own business or they get a better job, they move their families, and they just keep going, you know. They follow each other. And that's the way it is. Now, market researchers tell us, maybe because you're out there in the field, you can expand on that knowledge, but we hear from market researchers that sometimes the way that migration pattern goes is that the men go first to find the jobs and to settle down, find the opportunities, and then they bring their families or then they marry. Are you seeing some of that? Yes, they're, 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 correct. they're correct. I mean, not, that was before. Now women go out there too. Man, because what happens is that, that let's say uh, I got a cousin and I'm looking for a job that lives in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And he tells me, oh, there's good work here. You know, you get paid good money. The houses are cheap. Once you come down, I said, okay, I'm going to go down. And you know what? He said, Papa, I tell you, I go get your job where I work. So I go down, I find a job, and I stay there. The same thing with women, you know. The women, according to their families, are going over, they're working, they, 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 they're migrating in these places. You know, and that's what's going on. But yeah, before it used to be the men used to go first, like you know, like 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 uh, when when they come from overseas uh, uh, or, or from South America, the men come first. They find a job, they get settled down, they bring their families. But it's no longer like that anymore. You know, women right now are taking control. It's not like it's, you know, I mean, you got a woman running for president. Back in the days, you would never hear that. It, it, they would laugh at you if you tell them that woman's got to run for president. But now women are stepping up to the plate and you- playing the role. You see that in the Latino audiences that you're targeting as well. As well, of course. Women, women not go to colleges. They go to college and they and, and they get in degrees and they want to do their own business and they want to move forward in life. It's not like before where they depend on the men. Women want to be independent right now. That's the key word right there. Independent. They don't want to depend on nobody. They want to do it on their own, and that's beautiful. That is beautiful. I love it. I love it. I, I, I love when I speak to intelligent women and they're like independent. You know, you have a you could have a great conversation with them, and, and, and they and they have authority. You know, they 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 talk to you like 
like they excuse the language that I made the shit, you know? Now, it's really interesting that you say that, Ray Rock, because there's a perception for a lot of people that hip-hop and urban music, certainly, has generally a negative connotation and that many of the lyrics are not very favorable to women, that it's mostly men who are the artists, performers, and that the lyrics are not very favorable to women. Is that true, and is that the case with urban Latino music? Well, the urban Latino music and the hip-hop music, all music is the same. It's because you got some artists that are not favorable to women. you got a lot of artists that treat women like queens. So it goes both ways. You know, it all depends on the artist and the song. You know, like you got some 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 artists that, that that talk about killing people. Some artists don't. Some artists don't even touch a subject. So there's nothing we could do about that except you know every artist. I respect what they're doing. I I'm, I don't get involved and say don't do this. If that if that's what you feel like doing and you think that that that's that's you, I respect you for that. You know. How does how does the audience respond? Because you're telling me that there are a lot of women. There are a lot of women who want to be independent, and that are strong-minded. How do they respond? to these lyrics and are there more women than men in your in the audience or is it the same it's about it's about the same it's about the same because women at the end of the day they're the one that really pushes the men to buy the music for them and women at the end of the day guys do or listen what women want believe it or not is that right yeah believe it or not but men, men play tough and on this and that and whatever but you know, if, if a guy tells you, oh, I hate country music, and, and his girlfriend comes, oh, okay, baby, can you please buy me the, the new country CD? You go buy, buy it, buy it for her. Because at the end of the day, it's like that, you know? And a lot of these women, you know, they just don't listen to, to, to the type of guys that put ne- negativity in their music, you know? They just buy what they want to listen to. Them guys are losing out on a big market. That's it. In other words, there are a lot of choices. There are people out there who are talking or singing about yes. crime and drugs and who yes. don't speak well about women. But the listeners have an option and, an option. and they you choose. you buy the CD or you don't buy the CD. And so that's how they express their opinion. That's it. Either you buy the music or you don't buy the music. That's, that, that, that's it. That's the bottom line. Now, we're talking about a relatively young demographic, mostly, except for bachata, which you said reaches up into the 14 to 16 range. And that demographic is increasingly oriented toward mobile technologies, computers, emails, instant messaging, cell phones. How would you say this is affecting the music, the way that it's spread, the way that it's purchased, or is it? Well, let me. Uh, uh, I'm gonna talk about my about my label for a minute on that. I always try to do something that no one else is doing. Like if the competition goes right, I go left. If they're going left, I go right. The way music is evolving right now, CDs are gonna be out. Are gonna be extinct pretty soon. It's just like 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 the eight tracks, the cassettes, the vinyls. You think so? Uh, yes. You know why? Because right now. People, it's a lot of MP3s. You know, everybody got the MP3. Everybody, it goes online. I have an album coming out. I'm going digital. For the first time, a Latin album, digital. Without a CD? Not a CD. We're going digital. That's what we're doing. If you notice, all the brand new cars, what they got? They got a a place where you could uh, hook up your MP3. I I play it. 
So now your radio, you don't need, all you got to do is hook it up and you got 100,000 songs on, on MP3 and you connect it to your car and you play music. You don't have to have the choices of, oh, I got to load my CDs in the back. I mean, they're still going to be around for, for, for a little bit, but the, 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 the sales have inclined. They're going down. Decline, excuse me, they're going down, you know? So sales of CD is not like they used to be. But sales online are going up. I believe they went up like 40% this year. Isn't the quality of the actual recording that you get in an MP3 lower than what you get when you purchase a CD? Well, it all depends how you do the MP3 because you got, you know, it's the BPM of the MP3, the speed, you know, and the recording. You got, you got, if you got a high MP3, the quality is very good. So you have a choice as the purchaser to buy the smaller file or the bigger file. I believe right now, no, you have a choice. They'll give you the bigger file. They'll give you the bigger file with 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 a good with a good sound to it. And that gives you, in turn, when we talk about the technology, the option of having the music on your cell phone, yes. on your PDA, on your computer, yes. and increased mobility. I mean, imagine right now. For example, I got an iPhone. My phone, I got a thousand songs, ringtones. Any song of those, I make into a ringtone if I want to. So I change my ringtones like every other day. <laughs> depends how I feel. You know, if I feel happy today, I be like, I'm happy, I'm happy, you know? How do you know it's your phone ringing? Believe me, I know it's my phone ringing. <laughs> Believe me, I know it's my phone. So, you know, I, I, I mean, I got internet there, I got everything. And the phone, the phone, the, I mean, all the phones are so easy now to download music. All you got to do is text a number to a carrier and they, and, they, and, they, and they text you back an MP3. So you think... Ray Rock, that the future is MP3s. Of course. Of course. The future is all digital. All digital. If you notice, if you notice, they make, they make it so easy for you to go, to go anywhere and just get, and buy music and get music. You go, you go any website, every website now sells music out there, and everyone is, is making it easier for you. you well, know? let's talk a little bit about your label, Woot Latino, right? Yes. What percentage would you say of your music that you're selling is digital right now? Well, right now, my new album is all digital. 100% digital. What about the rest? Before, I never went digital. No. But I believe, I believe that the future is digital. I'm going to give you the perfect example. Right now, I have a promotion going on starting next week. Nobody has never done this. I'm giving out to college students 200,000 media cards. When I give out a media card, okay, to a student, he's going to be able to go on the computer, put in his PIN number in the media card, and get a free download and a free ringtone. He's going to download a free song from us and a free ringtone. Okay, that's a way to market a new product. Once you, you get the download for free, then he'll tell you, if you like what you downloaded, you could buy this. See, so now... I'm getting you to go to that to, to the computer, to that site, get a free download, and I'm getting you the option to buy something something else from us. So it's an introductory technique to get people to become more comfortable and also to give them an opportunity to sample the medium and the music itself. Right. So now sponsors are looking at me like, you know, they look at me kind of kind of funny. Mm-hmm. In a way, because like you said, they scared to test it. But I'm doing this on my own. Once I put this test out there, 
watch all the sponsors come knocking on my door. Oh, I, I want to get in the next one. I want to get in the next one. What I have to do? You know, because I'm giving them, I gave them more opportunity. I gave them a fear opportunity. And they want to do it, but they're scared. They don't know. What you mean they're going to work? Just me giving out the cards alone in the college campuses, 200,000 cards, in the top college of the United States. It's getting your product on their hands, because as soon as they see my card, they're going to see your logo. And you have some experience under your belt dealing with college crowds and dealing with sponsors as well. Yes, I do. You had, tell us a little bit about your mixtape that reached uh, Latinum, uh, Platinum. Platinum. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, I, I, we, we, we did a mixtape and uh, we uh, it went Platinum because I was doing a lot of panels. I was going across the country and I used to sit down in, in, uh, in front of college kids and just explain to them about the Latin movement, the Latin music, where it came from. Because a lot of these a lot of these kids, they all they all Latinos, but they don't know about their music. Right. At the same time, we used to do that, and then we used to, you know, let them know where they could get our music and stuff. So that helped us out a lot, you know. And the college tour was very successful because, you know, a lot of a lot of I still got a lot of emails from all these kids. A lot of these kids they want to go into marketing. And they wanted to do uh, business, and they wanted to the music side of it, and they learned a lot. You know, I told them, I told them a lot. I told them how to, how it works from A to Z, really, in a short time. But you know, they 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 were loving me. In addition to working with the kids in the colleges, you've also worked with the merchandisers and the companies like Starcoms. You work with them on calling cards, right? Yes, I, I did. I did. I did. Uh, I went to them. I said, "Listen, your calling cards are not selling. I could, I could guarantee, you I could triple your, your, your sales." Oh, how? Very easy. Let's give everybody who buys a calling card a CD by an artist. Let's get a well-known artist. All right. Let's put the CD. CD right behind the calling card. So every time somebody buys a calling card, they get two or three free songs from the artist. And, crazy. And how did that go? Very well. It just, it just flew. It just flew on the racks. You know. And now you're working this year, uh, 2008, with Coca-Cola. Uh we are working. I'm putting together an energy drink for, for for Latinos. So right now, I'm still in the works. I don't want to talk too much about it because you know I want to jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, uh, yeah, yeah, but that's what we're doing because again, you know, they like every other company. They think they understand the light market, but people don't really understand the light market unless you're in it every day. You live, you breathe it. You know, just because you're a big corporation, you got all this money, doesn't mean you understand it. You got people doing research, but the people doing research are people that are not. They're not okay. This is the way it works. Right? My team, we're all from the streets. We're from the hood. We grew up there. We got out, went to school, but we still connected. This big corporation's got people doing the research. That went to Hartford, Yale, and they they never been in the hood. They behind the desk, he's doing research on the computer or calling people up. It's not that they inch there playing dominoes in the corner of the bodega, you know, just having, you know, just just having a drink and he's talking to people. Hey, what's up? What's going on? You know, he's hanging out, listening to music. They don't do that. We do that. You so know? you have an edge. We have a big edge because I know I could tell you what right now what people are talking about in the streets. You know, Can you I know what's going on in the streets. I know what they're talking about. What's going on in the streets right now? Right now, for example, right now, people. <laughs> it's just funny because they're thinking about the elections with Hillary <laughs> and, and, and Obama. You of know? course, of course. And they're saying, "Oh, this this is the dumbest thing you could think of." Oh, you, you saw what happened last night, right? And the other guy go, "Yeah." You see, them Clintons got a lot of money. 
they pay off everybody to go to go against Obama. That's why they were but they were keeping Obama with them stupid questions. Because Clinton got all the money, he's smart. That's why we need president like that. And if she wins, she's not gonna run the White House. You know what's gonna run the White House? Her husband. He was there before. He's the man. He's the one that tells us what to do. Why do you think she's doing all that? Because her husband. <laughs> that's all they talk about. And and you just laugh because you'd be like, "Wow, they think that if she wins, she's not really gonna run the White House. Her husband is. They think Bill's gonna run the White House, and she's just there at the front, you know. So that's what they're talking about. That's the buzz right now. Is that's politics. the buzz. It's great. I mean, there's more than that, but you know, it's just no. That's the way they think. You know, a lot of these guys, and then you got to educate them, and you got to let them know, hey, it's not like that, you know. But we got to do this one-on-one or two-on-one. You can't take more because they're all going to go against you. So you get them on the side, you tell them, hey, you know what? No, she doesn't pay them. If she pays them, she goes to jail. You can't do that. That's payola, like like paying the radio. You go to jail. You can't do stuff like that. And you got to explain to them why, and then they understand. They'll be like, okay, I learned something new, you know. But to them... They, they make up their own rules and their own stories of what's going on. And the funny part is that those stories spread and people actually believe it. Then everybody talk about the same thing. Oh, Clinton pay off everybody, that, you know, which is not true. This is where the urban myths come from, huh? Yes. That's how they start. Right now, I could go down the block where they're playing dominoes. Right now, I could leave my office and go, oh, let, 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 let's take a ride through the hood and see what's, what's, what's going on, what's popping. Like we said, what's popping with the music, all of this. And I could say, oh, my God, I could stay in the Dominican with you last night. I got a phone call from Miami. That Yankee tried to kill himself. He overdosed on drugs. And he said they don't do drugs. And I walk away. And they all be, t- by, 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 the end of the, by the end of the night, everybody's talking about the same thing. You know? That's the way the, 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 the we call it bochincha, the gossip. That's the way it starts. Ray Rock, what do you think is coming next in terms of the urban music, the Latino urban music that we've been talking about, are the politics, once that passes, are they going to have a lasting effect on the community and, and the music? You talked about the digital format you think is going to take over. What other trends do you see coming forward? Well, the live music right now, the urban live music, is evolving. It's getting bigger and bigger. It's 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 happening like it happened with hip hop, where hip hop became like became like the biggest selling music out there, and and the biggest sponsorship money goes into that. And the same thing is involving live music in general. They're all working with each other right now because everybody wants a piece of of, of what's going on right now. So you got all this pop, rock, uh, ballad, Latin artists working with the line hip-hop and reggaeton and bachata artists. So it's evolving. It's getting bigger and bigger. It's getting better and better. You know? Part of evolution is growing into a wiser, when we talk about people, right, growing into a wiser and kinder and more giving person. And I saw that you certainly are involved in uh, trying to reduce violence and crimes yes. and working with AIDS research and yes. fundraising for that. If we look at the music, do you see that evolution turning into that kinder, gentler, giving back to the community? Having yes, it? because like you said, artists become wiser. When you explain to artists, listen, you got these gangs. They live, they live in the same, they live two buildings for each other, they live in the same block. Her mother is cousins with her mother, and they're killing themselves. The kids, the kids are killing themselves. Why? Why can't they just unite, have a good time, 
It's better for you because if you do a concert, it could go, there'll be no problem, your concert will be a success. It's better for everybody. But once you explain to his artists the benefits of, of, of bringing peace to the community, then they're, they're with you. They'll join you. But you got to explain to them, you know, why the benefits for them, the benefits for the community, the benefits for everyone around. Because it's, 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 it's an impact that it does. You know, people think, oh, you know, people think like, oh, uh, let's say, uh, oh, Elena got carjacked. Okay, you know what? Elena got carjacked, but she got carjacked. Now, you don't know what impact has on her life. It could affect the whole family. Maybe Elena needs a car to go to work to pay her rent, to pick up the kids from school, all this. So it, 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 it does, it, it's bad on everybody around her. The impact is going to be on Elena, her family, her friends, maybe the teachers from school, maybe her boss. You know, and then on the other side, the guy that got carjacked, maybe he gets arrested. It's going to, it's going to impact all his families around him. So it's more than just two people. It involves the whole community on both sides. You know, it goes outside the community. Because now Elena got family that's going to worry about her that lives maybe in Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Colombia, Mexico. We don't know where they come from, but, but now their family are worried about her and what happens to her. And now when she gets a car, that she's going to be all scared. And her family's going to be scared for her. You know, and so the impact is big. So you got to explain to these guys, you know, artists, all these kids, everybody, everybody involved, what 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 good comes out of it when you unite and you're in peace? And what atomic bomb comes out of it when you're in war? You know? And are they listening? Are the artists yes. embracing some of that giving back spirit? Yes, they're listening and, and they're really positive about it. Because at the end of the day, artists just want one thing. Artists, they're not, they're not into because of the love of, of the love of music. They all want to make money. You know? Nobody could tell me they ain't there. Oh, I'm in it because I love the music. If you're in it because you love the music, when you get that million dollar check, give me that $100,000. Stay $100,000 to survive. And I'll take your money. You know? They're in it because they want to make money. How do they see making money relating to giving back? Very simple. If they make money and they give a little back to the community, they make more money. If they make money and they make peace, among the gangs, when they have a concert, now all the gangs go together, they're in peace. They don't have to fight. Now, his concert is peaceful. The promoters sell out the night, and all the money comes back to him. You know? And then you take a little bit of that money, and you give it back. You give him free turkey for Thanksgiving. You do something positive. You know, you, 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 you give back to, 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 to homeless kids. You do something that will help people support you, and people will believe in you. Are any of the artists or any of the labels, for example, supporting public service campaigns, whether it's for AIDS research, as you're involved in, or for drunk driving, or any other causes? Yes, they are. A lot of artists are doing it. A lot of artists are supporting, and, 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 and they're giving back, which is positive. And the more artists to see more artists involved, more, more we go involved. They, they are getting involved, because they see the positive things out of it, you know? They are. They are. What percentage would you say right now of the performers in urban lit- Latin music have that kind of spirit? Over 50%. Easily wow. over 50%. <laughs> That's very high. Very high, yes. Yes. Very, very, easily over 50%. That, that I guarantee you. Ray Rock, going back to the sort of bigger picture and looking at our audience's business interests, what three suggestions 
can you share with our listeners who are trying to better understand the music, urban Latin music, who are trying to understand the audience that likes the music and marry their interests with the audience and the music and the performers and the labels in a productive way. How can they get started? How can they be sensitive to all of those things in a way that gives them results? Well, first, the first thing that I tell me is to do the market research, like I said before. Do your market research and know your audience. Don't go out there blinded. You have to know your audience. Once you know your audience, go out and meet them personally. See for yourself. I mean, you could, I mean, all all neighborhoods got grocery stores. Go out and see what they do in the grocery store. Just, just just talk to them. You know, talk to them about your product. That's it. Just get feedback. Once you get feedback and you understand them, then it's up to your company to come up with marketing ideas, marketing schemes. The way I say it to get to these people, to promote your product to these people. But you first, the first thing you got to do is know your people. You know, that's the most important thing, knowing your audience. Okay, so the first step is research. The second yes. step is develop some marketing ideas. Yes. And, and then, I, I, well, the first step is research. This, I, I think the first step is research. The second step is knowing, getting to know your, your, your audience one-on-one going out there and getting to know them. So you got to do research. You got to know who they are personally. You got to make contact with them and then come up with the marketing ideas that's going to get your product to them. Because once you do the research and once you know them personally, your marketing ideas will come right to your head because you already know who you're dealing with. Why? Because you spoke to them one-on-one. Tell us a little bit more about the getting to know them personally because I think perhaps that that might sound as a bit of a daunting task going to unfamiliar neighborhoods sometimes people may feel afraid of being not accepted or perhaps they're afraid of crime how do they go about meeting uh, this, I'm going to tell you uh, this is what we do we we have a, a team of girls you know like I, we used to call them the freedom girls but now you know we call them the, the, the wonder girls and we send these girls to the grocery store you know and when the people come in, they talk to them. Hey, you, you, you like music? Can, can I ask you a couple of questions? Like that, real simple. And a lot of people go, a lot of people say no, so they, you let them go. But a lot of people say, yeah, sure. What type of music do you like? You know, why do you like this music? Do you like to dance? Where will you learn to dance at? You know, you used to get an idea. Or if you had to buy music today, what would you buy? You know, why would you buy that music? If you had to pay a price for music, what would you pay? You know, stuff like that. Little simple questions, like you say, that they might sound dumb. When you put them all together, you do the research, you'd be like, okay, these people pay $5 for a CD. Mm, they like uh, pop music. Uh, they like to shop their music. Uh, 30 of them out of 100 people, 30 shop online, the 70% go to the mom and pop stores. They don't even go to uh, the big music stores, you know? Uh, a lot of people go dancing in the, in the, in the corner club from, from, from the neighborhood. They don't even go outside the neighborhood, you see? So the little research will lead to your ideas of what you want to do. So it's easy. It's easy. But you got to do it right. Research. Find out who your audience is. Meet them personally. Yes. And then develop some of the marketing ideas. Once you do that right, it's a done deal. You make it sound very easy. I mean, I've, I've done it from the years. <laughs> to me, it's a piece of cake. 
Thank you, Ray Rock, for joining us today from New York City. Sure, sure. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Ray Rock Acosta, who is Chief Executive Officer and President of Wu-Tang Latino, who discussed urban Latino music and its recent evolution. Brought to you by Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com, providing you essential information on America's largest minority. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicMPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at HispanicMPR.com. That's editor at HispanicMPR.com. Expand your reach, improve your bottom line by reaching America's largest minority effectively with information from the experts. Listen to presentations from national experts in downloadable audio presentations and extended interviews about Marketing to Multicultural Kids, presented by Michelle Valdovinos, who is Senior Vice President of Phoenix Multicultural. Hispanic Perspectives on Advertising, presented by Liria Barbosa, who is Research Director at CNR Research. The Changing Latino Landscape, presented by Cesar Malgoza, who is Managing Director of Latin Force Group. Best-in-Class Hispanic Strategies, presented by Carlos Santiago, who is President, and Doreen Allen, who is Managing Partner of Santiago Solutions Group. Segmentation by Level of Acculturation, presented by Miguel Gomez-Weinbrenner, who is a Senior Consultant with Cheskin. To learn more about these and other presentations, visit our resources section at hispanicmpr.com slash resources slash hmpr hyphen products.